Istanbul, ancient Byzantium, fabled Constantinople, gateway to the Orient. We have arrived at last in the city of multiple names. But why is it snowing? I stand in line in the vast echoing space of the main train station of Istanbul with the two Michaels, one of Irish descent, the other Lebanese, and like me at that time, both American citizens. It's January, and outside a wet, heavy snow settles on the city. All three of us wear backpacks, in which we each carry, along with our own clothing, a bolt of new cloth, fine English wool, that a young, engaging Jordanian we met on the train has asked us to carry through Turkish customs for him. You are Americans. I am sure they will not bother to check you, Ahmed had pointed out with confidence, soon after ingratiating himself with us by pulling out and passing around the train compartment an expensive bottle of Johnny Walker scotch. As soon as we had arrived and disembarked in the station, Ahmed had disappeared. The slow, stuttering line in which we stand consists of several thousand travelers and extends for half a kilometer through the station. No sign now of our new Jordanian friend with his preternaturally wrinkled face and his wide, generous smile. His gentle charisma dovetailed perfectly with our trusting natures, and innocence that we were, it took little to convince us to carry his three bolts of cloth. Each bolt was about thirty inches long, twelve inches wide, two inches thick, and we had stuffed them into our packs without hesitation. From my place in line I figure that Ahmed has been swallowed by the crowd— a chaotic mix of poor families, old men and women, young children hanging off their mothers, soldiers, and gypsies. We are the only obvious North Americans in the station, surrounded by a sea of Turks, Bulgarians, Yugoslavs, Jordanians, Syrians, and other Middle Easterners. Few Western tourists come to Istanbul in January. As I wait, I begin to wonder where Ahmed has disappeared to, As an uneasy feeling uncoils in the pit of my stomach, I try to control my mounting panic. The line inches forward, approaching half a dozen long wooden tables that stretch across the room. The customs officials stand behind these tables, appearing stern and serious in their too tight uniforms. As we wait, we notice that they are scrupulously examining everything. They empty cheap suitcases and sacks, demanding to see the contents of every parcel and package. We notice that one customs official has uncapped a tube of toothpaste, which he is squeezing, scrutinizing the paste as it oozes out. What could they be looking for, we ask each other. No one smuggles drugs into Turkey. Jewels? Diamonds? Gold? What? We give each other uncomprehending, worried looks. The line lurches forward again in fits and starts, and still there is no sign of Ahmed. Now we are swiveling our heads back and forth, looking for the Jordanian to come join us at the last minute. Why has he disappeared? I'm sure he'll find us, I think, with an entirely unjustified faith. At the last minute, I'm sure he'll come running up and go through customs with us. Where the hell is he? The family of four in front of us is called to the customs table. The three of us wait, clutching our American passports, like drowning men holding to bits of grey-green flotsam. We are next in line. There is no sign of Ahmed. In 1968, the two Michaels and I were students at Loyola University in Chicago, 
and had decided to take the third-year-abroad program at the school's overseas campus in Rome. We flew to Italy in September and settled into learning Italian, how to drink wine, and how to roll spaghetti on a fork. Since we had a full month off over Christmas, we had decided to head to Istanbul by way of Vienna. Since we were traveling to different destinations in the few days immediately after Christmas, we decided that we would meet together in Vienna after New Year's and travel to Istanbul for the remainder of our generous month-long vacation. I had spent Christmas Day at the school in Rome, then headed to Munich with my friend Albert, a tall, gangly Chicagoan with a mind for science and an eye for the ladies. We spent New Year's Eve celebrating in the jazz clubs of Munich and got gustily drunk on German beer, finishing our late evening over a bowl of goulash soup at the garishly lit restaurant crowded with bleary-eyed revelers like ourselves.